I'm Mike Logan. I'm Garrett Elsinga. And, and this, this better, better be good. good. What is that? I don't know. I'm feeling jazzed up. Oh, ready, you really are. Uh, it's the, you know what it is, the weekly podcast. It's weird how we say you know what it is. It's like kind of aggressive. Like, you know what this is. So I we, don't know. I kind of like it. It's the weekly podcast where Garrett and I review a movie before seeing it, and we review it again after seeing it. And this week we're doing Widows. Widows. The second half of Scarlett Johansson's character's name in the Avengers franchise. Wow, that was... Widows. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah, it was a long way for a dumb payoff. Uh, <clears throat> is the sequel Sparrows? Ow! The Red, uh, Red Sparrow. The third movie will be Charlotte's Web. Just Charlotte's. It'll just be a screening of Charlotte's Web. Hey, the girl in the Charlotte's. The girl Web. in Charlotte's Web. <laughs> right. uh, this movie is uh, uh, directed by legendary bullet actor Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're just. I thought of that joke like two hours ago. <laughs> That's so stupid. Thank you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's directed by um, one-fourth of the 80s rock band Queen. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's directed by Steve McQueen. Good job. Thank you. I got wow, back you're to really on today. Steve McQueen, a uh, great director. He directed uh, 12 Years a Slave. Um, Shame. Uh, oh, with... Uh, right? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? No. Who's in Shame? Um, what's his name? Oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Hunger. Um, Hunger, of course, this this movie, Widows, we're talking about. Um, of course, he got a lot of acclaim for 12 Years a Slave, which is a fantastic film. Um, I think it's the only other movie I've actually seen by him, is 12 Years a Slave. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, God, I, you know what? I think that's true for me, too. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. Wow. Um, anyway, great. I mean, that movie's so good. It is a really good, it's one of those movies, too, where I think it's a very important film, because uh, I'm black. But um, it really. Is I don't think sad. I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, it's, like, I, it's really sad. <laughs> like it's really upsetting. It is. Like that whole scene at the end when like he comes back from being a slave for twelve years and his family is all grown up and the first thing he does is say, "I apologize for my disheveled appearance." I'm just like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" Yeah, it's <laughs> really sad. It's really depressing. Um, this film, though, set in contemporary Chicago amid a time of turmoil. Four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husbands. Spoiler alert, criminal activities. Yeah, spoiler. It's, it's in the trailer. <laughs> Take fate into their own hands and inspire to forge a future on their own terms. It's a heist film with chicks getting some payback. Um, and this is a movie we actually talked about, I think, weeks, weeks, weeks ago on the podcast. Yeah. Because we had seen, what movie did we see that was really bad? Was it Ocean's 8? It was Ocean's 8. Yeah. We saw Ocean's 8 and we thought, why do they need to remake films with women and they can just make great original content about women? And then we saw the trailer for the movie Widows and we're like, this is exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. This is great original content. I mean, the the, the theme, the plot isn't super original, but uh, hey, the costume designer for Black Panther just messaged me. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no yeah, big, just no, humble brag, no you piece deal. of shit. <laughs> um, Sorry, I was like my first. Like, oh, hey, hold on. The director of Widows <laughs> just messaged me. Steve McQueen just messaged Garrett, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong Steve McQueen. It's the dead one. <laughs> the, um, so I, I, through a bunch of circumstances, become friends with a guy named Philip Boutte Jr., who is the costume creator for Black Panther, who's probably going to be Academy Award winner here soon. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> Fuck you. He's <laughs> just a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I said hi. I will, I, I will. He knows who you are. I mean, told him about who you are. Oh. We talked about the podcast. Oh, that's nice. We'll have him come out to Dr. Grins for a he show. He lives in Los Angeles. Oh, we'll have oh. him come out to Dr. Grins for a show. <laughs> have him fly back just to go to Grins and to be in an episode. Okay. Um. <laughs> he's, an, he's an Oscar winner. He can afford it. <laughs> 
He uh, he's a very nice guy though. All Super right. humble, which is weird because he's like. Because you're not. <laughs> um, God, I'm on fire. Okay, Garrett. What do you think? What are you What are you looking forward to in this movie? Um, I'm looking forward to um, Dead Husbands. Dead Husbands. No, I think I think it'll be really um, interesting. I, I I don't know much about this movie other than what is in the trailer, and I wanna. I don't care if they pull off the job. I don't care. Um, I don't want them to die. Obviously, I don't want sure. them to be. I, uh, some I of guess, them are gonna die, probably. I guess I want the job to come off, but I don't want the whole thing to be about the job. I want it to be about how they um, handle their families and all that stuff, like in the turmoil of losing that second half of the the marriage or whatever. Sure. I want to know all that stuff, and I think I I, I think there's going to be some explosions. I think it's going to be some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, some real dark times, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm really excited about the movie. I mean, we talked, like I said, we talked about it weeks ago when I saw the first trailer. I'm like, this is going to be great. Not to mention, I'm just going to say the cast because the cast is the cast is amazing. Really You've got Viola Davis, Viola Davis, Liam Neeson, John Bernthal. Uh, I don't know who that is. Michelle Rodriguez, um, Elizabeth Debicki, who is like, she was on uh, Prometheus. Oh yeah, that shithole. Yeah, she that movie wasn't great. She was pretty good. Uh, Robert Duvall, Colin Farrell, um, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. Um, yeah. Uh, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. No, you just Kaluuya. said Kaluuya. There we go. Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Um, bunch of other people. Some children for some reason. Some old people. <laughs> um, but uh, that guy is. <laughs> I was literally just gonna say that guy's really big. And his name is Big Guy <laughs> his name in the, the movie. movie is big Guy. Wow. Um, but yeah, the cast is amazing. You've got like what one, two, three. Four, four Academy Award nominated actors and actresses in the movie. Well, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Steve McQueen is Oscar nominated. And uh, Steve McQueen, Oscar nominated yeah. director. Didn't he win? Did he win? He, for he the probably years? did. I can't remember though. I just feel like it's it's. I, I, it seems like a no brainer to take a premise like because a premise like this could easily be made with like a bunch of like B list actors and actresses. Yeah. And so it's like, why not put Oscar nominated actors in these kinds of roles? Isn't it crazy? This could be a comedy too. It could be a comedy, yeah. Isn't that interesting? If you just switch out, if you, if you just make look, it, Tiffany Haddish, yeah, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, Will Ferrell, Tiffany Haddish, Will Ferrell, um, John C. Riley. No, no, that's um, that's uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, yeah. Ch- Channing Tatum. Then we got uh, uh, what's her name from uh, Neighbors? Oh, uh, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. Robert Duvall would be. Robert Duvall. <laughs> yeah, he could be. He could play that. No, James Caan. James Caan, that'd be yeah. a good one. Colin Farrell, that's a tough one. Oh, that Colin Farrell. That's <laughs> the one that stays the, <laughs> the same. Because he was in, uh, what, uh, God, uh, Horrible Bosses. Oh, yeah, he was great in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he's really good. Um, Chris Rock. <laughs> um, all right. Um, yeah, I'm just excited about a well-acted, high-concept action film, uh, which doesn't yeah. really come along very often. And Steve McQueen is a very, um, a very creative director I think so so like that that scene where it's um, it's from 12 years a slave but it's Paul Dano singing that 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 quote-unquote Negro spiritual or whatever no yeah. it's not no, no. Well, it's not, it's not though because it's like against yeah that's it's the exact opposite of a Negro real spiritual. hard to listen to yeah yeah here but I Paul Dano I wish he yeah he's just singing stuff. swing low that's what he's doing <laughs> swing low sweet chariot <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dano's so fucking weird, man. He is so weird, but he's singing that, and it's like the the audio of it over them doing a bunch of like hard labor, and yeah. it's the weirdest 
like, and he's singing it with such a high energy, like, it's a good song. He's such a piece of shit in that so movie. It's so fucking awkward. Yeah, Paul Dano, nobody plays piece of shit quite like Paul Dano. But also loving and endearing as well. Yeah, he's he's a great actor. Like he's I, really good. Just, the problem is he's he's a character actor. Like he'll never be like he'll never have his own movie. Obviously, but Swiss like, Army Man. That was Daniel Rat. Like Daniel Radcliffe's movie. Come on. Yeah, but he didn't say anything. Yeah, but he stole that show. I don't know, man. Paul Dano had some real good uh, cries in that movie. You gotta manage your smiles and your cries. Yep. Um, no, he's he's always been like one of my favorite. actors. My favorite Paul Dano performance is probably a tie between Little Miss Sunshine and uh, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, he's uh, really good in there, there Will Be Blood. Yeah, Little Miss Sunshine's like it's it's such a unique role too because like he doesn't say anything till like the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, but like you still like you get you you feel his pain, you feel why he's not talking. Like he conveys emotion really well. He's just really good in that movie. And he's, There Will Be Blood, you just really want to see Daniel Plainfield beat the shit out of him with a bowling pin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I remember that. Yeah. That was good. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's a great movie. We talked about that last week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think we yeah. did. It might, that might, we might have to do some bonus episodes of us just you know, watching movies. You know what I was thinking? Uh, let us know uh, if you want to see us do a bonus episode for the re-release of Deadpool 2. Because they're doing a PG-13 version of it. That's uh, a good idea. And I, I've, it comes out December 12th, I think. And I'm like, yeah. this would be a good bonus episode. We should do that. Okay, we, we don't need your decision. Decisions We're made, because I know you guys won't reply to us. You, so. you only... Oh, they did. They I got messages about last week's episode. You did? I did. What'd they say? People weren't happy that I liked Overlord. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, really upset. Like, yeah. One guy... First of all, that crazy person. Yes. He will not be named. Oh sent boy. me a message that guy. and it was just like um, it was like I really enjoyed your podcast but I can't trust your opinions anymore <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like alright whatever oh, uh, Josh Ortega when I was hanging out with him yeah. he was like um, he's like I like your show but uh, Overlord was bad <laughs> I was like alright man to each their own bro <laughs> that's really funny to me yeah I really bit the bullet I, on that I one. think I won that I think I won my popular opinion you did win. All right, yes. cool. Well, I you, still stand by my decision. All right, you got the electoral vote? Yes, okay, yes. all right, yeah. I love it, great film. Good movie, everyone was great in it, except for, just kidding, it was all perfect. <laughs> it was great, except for the lead actor, some black guy. My name's Mike Logan. <laughs> um, Donald Logan. Okay. I'm, I'm like Donald Logan from Grounded for Life, but not the same. I always think of Donald Logan from Blade. Yeah, that is, he, he is in that. He's um, also in uh, another movie, right? He's in a bunch of movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a big question here. Uh, big, great cast, like I mentioned already. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is kind of out of place in this movie. I don't know. I think she's a good actress. I think she's a serviceable actress. But the fact that she's in the Fast and Furious franchise just automatically should negate her from being in anything like this. Well, I just think that Michelle Rodriguez is such a one-dimensional actress. Like, she's never played anything outside of, like, tough girl and I, yeah. and I guarantee she's going to be that role in this movie and well, my main question is I think that the cast is all going to bounce each other out really well do you think that Michelle Rodriguez will get completely overshadowed by being on screen with Viola Davis well uh, okay I'll put it to you this way I I remember Michelle Rodriguez from Lost oh I thought you said girl fight no <laughs> I, I really liked Lost oh I love Lost who doesn't and I thought, season four. I thought she was good in it uh, and I still remember that. And Viola Davis, I mostly remember her, sadly as it is, from Suicide uh. Squad. So I don't give two fucks. <laughs> That's my answer to your big question. 
because she's a great actress, though. She is. I mean, she wasn't great that, in Suicide Squad. No, but and was that movie really. really weighs on me. Like all I see when I see any of the people that are in that movie is that movie on them. Well, Suicide Squad two, written by uh, James Gunn, perhaps directed by James Gunn. So I hope to God it that might be better. It doesn't happen. That he doesn't... He's already... It's happening. Oh, I know. But I hope <laughs> that something happens where it just does I don't want to see that same universe ever again. I don't want to see any of those characters ever again. There's I a really good video of, from Screen Rant uh, that about I watched. the yes. editing of it? And no, how it's it about... It's, it's just called What Went Wrong with the DCEU. It's oh. a 22-minute deep dive into why the DCEU didn't work. It's a really good video. Oh, I'll tell you what it is. It's uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks. And no one has a fucking cooks. recipe. That's the problem. Too many cooks will spoil the broth. Ooh. Thank you. Sultry voice. Thank you. All right, we have to get in this movie. Um, we'll go. We'll dive deep into some movie news and in-depth about the film afterward. But Arbitrary rating? Arbitrary rating. Why don't you go first? I always go first. Oh, okay, fine. Prepared for this. Uh, I know you weren't. Neither am I. Every uh, time. Arbitrary rating for this film going in. I'm, I think it's going to be really good. Like I, I think so too. I, I think this is going to be up there with some of the best movies we've done for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but my scale right now is a bit skewed because I gave Overlord a nine last week. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Woo! But I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to go. I'm going to give this a nine and a half right now. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Viola Davis creepily eating a rare steak. What's that from? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. That's right. God, they introduced the characters like seven times in that movie. All right. um, Oh, they introduced, uh, what's his name? The the wall crawler guy? Yeah, just for a second, and then he dies. (laughs) Spoiler alert, he's dead. Uh, Okay, I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to play it close to the vest, because I know 12 Years a Slave is like a 10 for me. Um, let me give it an 8. I'm going to give it an 8. Playing conservative. Yeah. No. Uh, gross. You're saying you're not a conservative? Uh, conservatively. Ah. Adverb, baby. Hey! Uh, okay, we got it. So I'm giving it an eight, um, an eight, uh, shots to the gut. Like, because that's how Michelle Rodriguez got killed and lost, isn't it? She got shot, right? Yeah. Was it when she went into the hatch? Yeah. She got shot. She got shot. Her her and Libby. Her and Libby got shot by, uh, What's his name? Almost as sad as... I'll see you in another life, brother. That guy. Oh, the, the fucking crazy guy who... Yeah, yeah he writes Not Penny's Desmond. Boat. Desmond. Desmond, yeah. yep. Anyway, oh boy. Well, she, no, Desmond doesn't write Not Penny's Boat, though. That's, um... Oh, that's the, the Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, lost stuff. What's so, that song they sing? The band? I don't know. His band? Remember he was in a band? Yeah, He's I remember like really this. famous? Yeah. Shit, It was whatever. a good song. I'll think of it. I bet it's on Spotify. Maybe. We'll play that song later. Um, do we have any uh, any ads in the uh, in this one? Um, we can put Matt Harper's in again. Another episode podcast. So there's the so there's that. There's the trailer for the Widows film that we're gonna see, and then um, oh boy, a lady walked by. I hope she's not a widow. Hey, Shabuba. Uh, hey, uh, enjoy our theme song as well, everybody. I'm loving that right, thing. I, I, I forgot it already. I was th- I was humming it on the way here. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Enjoy. All right, babe, we'll be back. Babe? <laughs> I don't know. I always think, all you're right, trying, babe. I always think you're trying to fuck me. <laughs> Another episode podcast. Join hosts Matt Harper and Mandy Elaine with their new podcast each week as they dive into the movies that shaped their childhood. 
In a world with too many podcasts, another episode beats the odds and stands alone atop the list of great podcasts to discuss movies like Groundhog Day, The Breakfast Club, Stand By Me, and many more. Listen to another episode podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Another episode podcast. You have no idea, do you? Or did you choose not to know? Your husband stole two million dollars from me. This is about my life. This is about my life. And because it's about my life, it now becomes about yours. Your family's been involved in Harry's life for many years. I need help. I don't see what I can do. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. My husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head what I've learned from men like your late husband and my father is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so. This is for guns. Guns? From where? Figure it out. If this whole thing goes wrong, I want my kids to know that I didn't just sit there and take it. I did something. The best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. Hey, welcome back to the uh, to the show. Uh, you just heard the uh, that their trailer for for Weedos. Hold on, I moved that a little bit. Hold oh. on, there we go. And uh, right. and I and uh, our. Special guest Aaron. Uh, hey, uh, we didn't hello, mention hello. we didn't mention in the first half, though, but we, every week we always say what we're going to be at the theater at this time. Come on down and hang out. And somebody actually came this time. Uh, Aaron, Yay. Aaron, say hi to the people. Hello, people. Pleasure Aaron. to be here. That's Aaron. Um, cool. So Garrett. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go first. Well, you yeah, see, you should. Yeah, all right. Go you, first. You always go first. I'll go first. Um, I leaned over to you. Didn't lean over very often. Uh, which is no. normally we lean over a lot, but this one was like we were really. I was watching this movie, and I leaned over to you and I said, uh, "This movie is what Ocean's Eight wishes it would have been." That's. I think that's exactly how you should sum it up. That movie. Yeah. This movie was head and shoulders above almost every movie I've seen this year. This movie was fantastic. It was like the shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. Two in one. <laughs> it's like if the movie scene is dandruff, this movie was head and shoulders. Come on, guys. <laughs> Woo! Wow. <laughs> anyway, this movie was amazing. It was yeah. really, really, really. I mean really good I really really liked it I thought it was um, it was everything that I expected it to be and then uh, yeah it was so what I expected I think I expected 
um, I didn't expect it to be as much, like every single character in this film, save for a couple of characters, are the most fleshed out, three-dimensional, complex characters. Yes. And how do you have that many complex characters in one film? Like everybody had like different facets to their personality that all showed up at certain times in the movie. Yep. You think you know something about somebody, then all of a sudden they change. Like they're real people. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. really <laughs> well written. It's it's a it's a what a what a movie should be. Yeah, this thing, Steve McQueen. So this is now the second film we've seen for Steve McQueen. Yeah. And I think we I think we established that we it's a three movie rule, right? Is that what we established? A couple yeah, weeks three ago? in a row. Because if you get three in a row, you're you're. But his one before this was like really critically acclaimed. Shame. Yeah. With Michael Fassbender. So I think he's got three. I think he's the real deal. Like, yeah. I think he's legitimately an amazing director. I mean, he pulled some performances out of some of these actors I've never seen. Like, I haven't seen Liam Neeson act this well since Schindler's List. I've never seen Viola Davis act she this well. She was so good. Michelle Rodriguez was great. She was, I, I remember you were saying that you didn't know about Michelle Rodriguez. And I was she like, was great. I, I, fine. Elizabeth Debicki. The, she was probably she the was best. the standout. She was the best. I did not expect movie. her character. She just went from zero to amazing. I can't, I can't remember what else she's been in. She looks very familiar. Yeah, she does. Hold on, we're gonna look her up. She's been in the Great Gatsby. She Guardians the... too. She played. Oh, that's who she was. Oh, the the, the gold chick, right? Yep, oh, that's yeah. right. Um, what else? Only twenty two credits. Ooh, there's a new trailer for the Lego Movie too. She was in Peter Rabbit, Cloverfield Paradox, awful movie. She was in that. Oh, I see. Um. But yeah, uh, oh Valerian. <laughs> but yeah, this this I mean the characters in this film alone were just I I'd watch all of those characters in individual films and be so just as interested. I. Like they were so good. I mean Colin Farrell's uh, uh, that whole that whole storyline. I had no idea that was going to be happening at the same time of this. I thought from the trailer you kind of see that there will be more to it. But mm. all I thought was just going to be like a heist movie. Yeah, it was a lot but more than that. It was so much more. It was, the I mean, layers it was, under it. The amount of politics that were intertwined, intertwined with the crime in the movie, yeah. was, which is one of a, a, a great anecdote about what Chicago is right now. Like, oh, Chicago sure. is a very corrupt city. Oh, yeah. Um, and the idea that you have these political figures who are so entwined with these criminal figures yep. in ways that we'll get into very deeply later. Um, it's just it's such a breath of fresh air. And then it's even, I mean, the two standouts for me were, um, what was her name again? I keep forgetting. She, her name Elizabeth. was Alice in the movie. But uh, Elizabeth Debicki and Jack Mulligan. Those two were, I think, the most complex characters in the movie. Agreed. And Jack was a, a very subtle complexity because we'll get into a spoiler section. Okay. We'll come back to this. We'll circle back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing performances, amazing directing. Um, there's one tracking shot that I want to talk about towards the beginning. Ooh, and I, yeah. I want to talk about the layers that are just in that track shot alone. Right. So Garrett loved it. Aaron loved it. You loved it, right? I loved it. I loved Great. it. All the old fucks in the theater with us loved it. That's the spoiler-free section because it's very hard to not spoil. This is a lot of twists and shit in this movie that you need to see without us spoiling It'll it. It'll blow your mind seven times. So for the fourth time in the history of our podcast, I'm telling you, do not listen to this part of the podcast before you've seen the movie. This is only the fourth time you've done only this? Only the fourth time, yeah. Wow. Um, go see the movie before you listen to the second half. I don't care. If you're like, most people are like, I just listen because I like guys talk. Trust us. Go see the movie. It's Garrett and I. I have feel seen, like I feel like people don't get it when you say spoiler alert, and they keep listening. <laughs> but it's gonna happen. We should yeah. have like a sound cue. It's like, oh, spoiler. alert. You know who's got a really great sound cue for spoiler alerts? IGN. Oh, really? Like when you watch YouTube videos for IGN and they have yeah. spoiler alert. What I, is it? I'm gonna find it. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Here's ours. <laughs> Perfect. That would that would be more of like a soiler alert. Like you soiled your oh, under no. your under bridges. <laughs> I like the bridges. 
under from under cheese. You can cut this shit. Holy out. shit. This is so unexciting. <laughs> there it is. Did you hear Hello, it? My... No, I heard her voice. Gather round, gentlemen. Hello, my name is Tina okay. Abini, and welcome It's a lot to better on a non-small phone yeah, speaker. Is... But it's like a very abrupt, like, 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 it's like, oh shit, you're about to get spoiled. All right, well. We should come up with a spoiler sound. We should. We're going to come up with a spoiler sound. All right. But, um, so this is a spoiler section, guys. Don't listen to this if you want anything to get ruined, because it will. Um, Here we go. So, in regards to what you were talking about, um, so in the movie, a bunch of shit happens. One of the things that happens is Colin Farrell's character is a political candidate. He's running for, um, um, what was it called? Alderman. Ward. Alderman of the yeah. ward. Alderman of ward. the 18th Ward of Chicago. Yep. Um, which is some sort of important Thing, person, apparently. I guess. Yeah. Um, no idea. But that's his, probably the stepping stone to get to... You know, mayor, mayor governor, something. corrupt. Um, <laughs> I, no one wanted to watch a movie about a drain commissioner. <laughs> I've, I've done voiceover work for a uh, political campaign for a Chicago drain commissioner. Wow. True story. He didn't win. Oh, he didn't? <laughs> it's probably because of your Morgan Freeman. I didn't impression. do more. I did my uh, my normal VO voice for that oh, one. Okay. It was, uh, What's it, that? It was, it's, it's very much like this and very serious. It's kind of like a mix of like James Earl Jones and the Allstate guy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Dennis Haysbert is yeah, his yeah. name. But um, no, the commercial was like, uh, maybe I'll try to find it and link it. Uh, but it's like a little girl walking around with like a teaspoon of water. And like she's like supposed to be like very careful. And it was, I don't remember what the dialogue was, but it's something along the lines of like, water is our most precious resource. And like it's this little so, girl So yeah, walking just waste it with a spoon. Yeah. That's probably like the reason weird. he didn't get elected. <laughs> that commercial sounds terrible. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, is that Grendable? He's <laughs> walking out of his movie. Um, oh, we could have seen that. The Crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah. I think we did the right choice here. I think so, too. Um, we've just been so excited for this movie, and we're going to talk about it now. So, um, him winning the campaign wasn't a foregone thing, because he was losing in the polls. Like it was, they were Before they went into the debate, he went there and said, you're going to win the campaign. The only reason... Uh, um, Mulligan won was because his dad was killed. Yep. And he got sympathy it's a votes. It's a sympathy See, I thing. thought that was a little bit of a manipulation on his part when he went. I think it was legit. I think because, like, he's been, his family's been he, such a fixture in Chicago no, for generations. His, the, the posture he had in that scene was, like, completely defeated. Yeah, he, he knew he was. He just wanted to win. walk out with some dignity. And I think that's the reason it was, yeah, like, I think that he, scene's in the movie. I think aside from him, like, whatever money he took from whoever he took money from, which was obviously why they were breaking yeah. into his house. I think that that was something that happened in his past, maybe a past life. Because, I mean, he even talks about the old guard and not wanting to be like his father. So I think that that money was like dirty money that I don't think he even wanted to use. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's legitimately a good character. Um, but with some flaws. Definitely with flaws. I mean, he's a politician. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's just, that just goes, just the fact that we're having this debate shows how goddamn complex that character this is. Movie, yeah. This like, movie and characters. And every complex. character is like that. I mean, you've got Viola Davis, Veronica, who starts out as what you think is this very strong headstrong woman but then you see she's in over her head like yeah. she even secedes to um alice halfway through the movie to kind of at first she was like i'm in charge and i'm calling the shots but then she's taking input from everybody else because she realized she's out of her depth she doesn't know what she's doing she's not a criminal and it's it's great to see it's great that she was able to convey like that strength but still you could still see a fragility behind the strength like it was just she was amazing like she was just but yeah even the opening scene of like her just putting on her makeup in the mirror and then just like that scream and then it's it's also uh you notice that she's out of focus in that scene yeah which is like the only scene that she's actually out of focus in and i could i, I feel like that was obviously very deliberate because like 
when she's staring herself in the mirror, it's very much it's in focus and it's strong that she put on makeup. And then when it cuts to a front shot of her, she's out of focus. So it's not that screen. Ah! You see, yeah. you can subtly see the one tear going on her right cheek, yeah. which is great that he shot it from her left side. The tear was on her right cheek because it's kind of like she's hiding it from us. And it's also like she's hiding it from herself. She's she's pretending to be strong. Yeah, know, even though even inside, though she, all she, she wants to do is just break down. Yeah. But I, I love this movie because every character starts at a different place and they end up like everyone has. An everyone arc has an arc. Like everyone in has a character some arc. Some sort of yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. And, When's the last uh, time you saw a movie that has every single cast member is strong and they all have great character arcs? Yeah. Except for I wouldn't say Michelle Rodriguez had the best, biggest character arc. She probably had the least of all of them. Um, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't. Not but she wasn't like a badass at the beginning, though, and she became one. She became, like you know, she shot an old man. Five. <laughs> she really did. She shot Robert Duvall. And she it, shot was, the, it was so satisfying. He was a fucking piece of shit yeah, in this was. movie. God. I, I wanted him to die so badly. Oh man. I so agreed with Colin Farrell, but like it's funny when he said that. There were multiple people in the theater that were like, "Wow." You hear all Ooh. the old men in the theater yeah, who just like, like hit him right in the feels. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe if you guys didn't also vote for Trump, you wouldn't be. Relating to this so much. Yeah, there was a lot. So, uh, we were by far the youngest people in that theater. Yeah. And like everybody in there was a bunch of older, like probably mid to late 50s. Um, and anytime Robert Duvall and Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall is Colin Farrell's father, who is also, he was a former ward, our former, what I said the name of the thing, what the title was? Uh, Al- Alderman. Alderaan. The, yes, Alderaan. Alderaan. Formerly of the, the Alderman, formerly known as Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he's pretty racist and pretty backwards and a piece of shit. And um, there's a scene where Colin Farrell finally tells him he'll be happy when he doesn't have to deal with people like you anymore because you won't be around. Yeah. And like every old man in the theater was just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my son said that to me last week. I think <laughs> I shit my diaper. <laughs> yeah. But um, and, then, and it's also like, that's also another scene that shows like how complex that character is. Because up until that point, you kind of think he's like a shady underhanded politician, but then you're like, no, he's he's legit. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah. At, a good At guy for points. a politician. Let's say yeah. that. Um, but also, it, let's talk about that tracking shot. Okay, yes. Yeah. So here's my interpretation of that tracking shot. Now, here's why I think it works so well. Yeah. It could have been very easy to just shoot that. So there's a scene where he leaves a, um, he's at a campaign stop. Where, where he's there's talking. maybe 20 people. About 20 people there, yeah. Uh, he's on the south side of Chicago in a vacant lot where they're about to this program that gives essentially it gives money to minority business owners to start their businesses yeah which actually i have another thing to talk about that that relates to grand rapids with that kind of situation Ooh, okay um and uh he's at this thing he's trying to talk about how he's empowering minority women females to start their own businesses and he's posing for pictures with all these black women and there's a reporter who's hounding him about like some shady deals that he had done the green line which the is the green line which is uh, one of the train system, systems in but Chicago. he wants to build it so that people can commute to their jobs quickly and effortlessly but, because if you notice there's also a running line pun intended with the other girl that's involved in the in the heist because she runs everywhere. She's like mm. running, getting to the bus. Like there's an awful system that's going on. Yeah. And I feel like his underlying current is like he wants to improve that kind of thing. So it's another thing that adds to He wants to improve the life of people that are in impoverished areas. Yes. And just extend the green line to that place where they can use it and yeah. they can access it and then they can have access to better jobs and more opportunities. Yeah. But because they're not, because the government controls those kinds of things, they don't put transit systems through impoverished lines. And the problem is to get all that stuff going, you have to make shady deals and have shady things that happen. You got to. So that's why you, you make gotta, an omelet. You make a few eggs. eggs. Um, so and he gets, cut peppers. So he gets he gives the reporter a very political response to his barrage of questioning, yeah. and then gets into his car with his aide, quote unquote. Um, his, and then uh, his redheaded 
Redheaded paperweight. paperweight. That's what Robert Duvall called her. That was beautiful. Um, that was a great old man insult. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your redheaded paperweight over there. <laughs> um, so he gets in the car and then they drive back to his house, which is not very far from the impoverished area where he just was. Yeah. It's literally a two, one minute shot, maybe one and a half minutes. I think it was like maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. And he gets in the car and they have an argument about that guy, uh, the journalist. But it's shot from the outside of the car. The windows are tinted, so you can't see inside of it, and you can see behind the car. So while it's driving away, you see the passenger side. So it's so like the camera's mounted. The camera's mounted on the hood of the car, and you can see over the top and to the left of the behind behind the car. And what you see in that shot is how short of a distance it is between the huge economic divide in Chicago, because he drives in that car for one minute and a half, and in that minute and a half span, you go from a vacant lot in the middle of the ghetto where you've got people playing basketball on a hoop that's falling apart with high-rise projects. He drives one and a half minutes away, and he's in a gated community with armed security guards outside. That's how it was in Detroit when I went there the other night. That's it was exactly literally what Detroit is, yeah. one street of condominiums, one street of homeless people, like, ravaged, fucking awful. Yeah. Like, wheelchair homeless people. And then another street of, like, this fucking new building we have. And then it's like, it's like he talks about how he's lived in the South Ward his whole life. Yeah. But you see, he hasn't lived in the same South Ward that his constituents have lived exactly. in. Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, he's he lives 10 blocks from them. But the 10 blocks is such a huge, it might as well be Beverly Hills and Washington, Detroit in the 80s. Like, it's oh. just, yeah. it's so shitty. And then one car ride later, he's in this beautiful upscale neighborhood. And it's the definition of gentrification. So there's that. But there's also the idea of the shot showing not the driver, but then him talk. Like, he starts asking his uh, redheaded paperweight <laughs> if she... we got to find out her name. If she um, has ever had sex with a black guy. Do you remember that whole conversation? Yes. And then, like, it gets weird. Yeah. Like, she's like, where's this coming from? And then as it's, like, the conversation's narrowing down into different territory, the camera moves, so then you see that the driver is a black guy. Yeah. So it's, like, this weird, like, oh, it's even more awkward now. Yeah. Well, it's like that scene in Black Klansmen when they have that white, that, that rally. Yeah. And they have a, a Klan rally in, a, like, a country club, and all the staff is black. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yep. But um, I wouldn't have signed up for this shit. If I'd have known this is a clan rally, I would have signed up for this motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> um, what is her name? Molly. Her name is Molly Coons. Coons. Siobhan. 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 Shobian. Shobhan. Sibilance. Um, uh But yeah, I mean that's and then there's a scene also where they talk about one of the characters in the heist is a uh, a girl who's trying to make her ends meet she ends up being the driver through other circumstances she works at a hair salon that's funded by the Mulligan family yeah. which is the Colin Farrell's character do over Mulligan do over oh. and then she asks her she's like well she's like well you know do you owe money to the who owns this building and she's like don't worry about who owns this building and she's like it's the Mulligans isn't it she's like yeah and she says that she she says that um, it look. I like feeling like I own something because the Mulligans paid for the building, and then essentially they paid for it as a loan, which she now has to pay back. Yeah. The owner of this hair salon. So she really isn't making money, but technically owns her own business. Yeah. And she even says, "I, I like the feeling of owning my own business." Like yeah. and it's weird because she knows she doesn't own her own business, but she likes feeling like she owns her own business. Yeah. And Forty Acres here in Grand Rapids is that exact same situation. 40 Acres is a soul food restaurant that opened up uh, across street from Wealthy Theater in what is considered East Town Grand Rapids, which yeah. used to be an impoverished neighborhood and is now a hipster haven with really high-rise you know, condos and expensive eateries and expensive apartments. That building is a black-owned business that is funded by the DeVos family. Wow. So that, fa- that business, which 
I don't want to talk shit about the restaurant because it, one, it's a good restaurant. Two, it's technically black owned. Like there's a black owner, but the owner of the land and the building is the DeVos so family. So they basically do the exact same thing where they pay the money to and, the DeVos. But here's the thing too that really bothers me about that whole situation is that building also has condos on the back end of that building. And they displaced impoverished families and tore their houses down to build those condos. So what you did was you traded off one black business for 10 black households that are now owned by upper middle class white people. Yeah. And that's like what that's the kind of is. that's exactly what gentrification is and it's illustrated beautifully in this movie. Yeah. And I'm getting really worked up because that really does you bother should be, me. Because it's a fucking awful issue. Like, there's a ton of things. Like, even um, the the kid storyline between Liam Neeson oh, and uh, Viola Davis. By the way, this is going to be a long episode because yeah. there's a lot of stuff to unpack. That made me so fucking angry. Oh, yeah. I was serious. Oh, so the... <laughs> so Viola Davis, Lee, uh, Liam Neeson, their husband and wife, they have a child. You find out through the course of the movie that they had a child. You didn't know they had a kid at first. Yeah. Then you find out they had a kid. Then you find out the kid is dead. Then you find out how the kid died. And the kid died because he was driving around in a very nice Mercedes Benz in Chicago. He busted a UA when he found out that, you know, his dad called him and said there's something in the car But they I also need. probably ran the plate and saw that it was his dad's. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And so he busted a UA. The cops pulled him over. They walked up to the car. The kid was on the phone with his dad. He says, Dad, hold on. I just got pulled over. And then and you hear the panic in Liam Neeson's voice, too. Because yeah. he knows. He has a black son. He's driving a nice car. He just got pulled over. This is life and death. Like, this is 2018. Yep. That is a life and death situation for every black person in America. Yep. And you hear Liam Neeson say... Uh, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. And then the cop walks up, already got his hand on his gun, ready to pull that shit out and kill yep. a black guy. Asked him to step out of the car. Asked him to show his hand to step out of the vehicle. Although normally I feel like you're supposed to ask for the license registration first, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, asked him to step out of the vehicle when Marcus reaches for the glove box because he dropped the whatever box was in it. Yeah. Uh, he then gets shot and killed. Yep. And I think I was the only person in the theater who said, Jesus fucking Christ. Very audible. I was. Yeah, ooh, you did. Ooh, I was pissed. Um, I think I inhaled and then farted. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just that movie. This movie, I didn't expect this movie to deal with race as much as it did. It, it I thought really it was did. a straight up heist film. I went in and got a fucking. Oh, I mean, it's Steve McQueen, man. It has to. Yeah, he does. Like, it has it. to deal with all these different things. Also, I feel like um, widows porn is going to be a thing next. Oh God! I, did you remember <laughs> that scene? Where oh, Michelle, yeah, was, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez goes over there and then uh, she's trying to talk to the architect and she's like, well, you're your wife. And he's like, I think you should leave. And then he's like, my wife died four months ago. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. My husband died two weeks ago. And they start, and they start out. macking on the couch. Oh, weird. And then like cut to brown, chicka, brown, chicka, brown, brown. <laughs> like that will be porn at some point. Oh, it has to be. As right? long as we can get rid of this incest porn. I'm really getting sick. Well, that stuff well, is I'm, just, You're getting sick of watching it, stuff is running rampant. I'm getting so sick of watching it. I mean, what are they going to do next? <laughs> I'm getting so sick of watching this. this poor guy's, um, they're going to be so glad they just popped right Oh, kilt. A jean kilt. That is, is that a skirt? That's a skirt. That's, that's a skirt. not a kilt. He's feeling his oats. He's living his best life, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's just a small sample of how do you, complex. Do you mean he's living his transvest life? That guy's not a transvestite. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess he is transvestite. It he's rhymes yeah, with yeah, best. Yeah. Just a sweet transvestite. Um you a Rocky Horror Picture fan? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm. Garrett, who are some of your favorite characters? Because I, I still have one more character that I really need to talk about, but I'll we'll come back. Um, careful with the <laughs> table and the mic. Uh, God, who else? Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Oh, he was. I Holy hated shit. him so Holy much. Shit, he was so oh good. my God, I hated him. He was so good. I loved the driver, and I hated that guy. Daniel Kaluuya played a real big just. 
crazy piece of oh, shit. Oh god. There's that a scene there's the, a scene where we don't we don't oh. the heist at the beginning of the film that sets off the whole film. I guess we can give you some backstory in the film. The heist that sets off the whole although if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. Yeah, so you we're better gonna, have We're gonna know. work under the assumption you've seen it, because if you didn't, you didn't listen to us, and now you're it's ruined. Yep. But, um the the catalyst of the whole film is this heist that happens at the beginning where everybody quote unquote dies. Um and then you find out that he actually the heist was they stole from the this Manning family who's like a crime guy who now wants to become a political uh, the, the I keep wanting to say Ottoman the alderman <laughs> he wants to become, <laughs> wants an, to become ottoman. an ottoman and just be sat on with his someone's feet um, his <laughs> but um oh he, he his is running like, mate is armoire <laughs> his uh, his campaign manager is Boudoir uh, bidet. No, that's his uh, speechwriter. That no, that's the drain commissioner. <laughs> ah! <laughs> God, I'm funny. That's pretty good. Um, but you find out that he's up stealing. They steal this money. Uh, the group are the Mulligans that uh, own the the Mannings that are the family that had the money that was stolen from them. Um, the people who were responsible for it were two gangbanger guys and Daniel Kaluuya, who is one of the Manning brothers, is the muscle of the two of them. It's funny, too, because he's always surrounded by guys that are two times his size. Yeah. And he's the only one doing any damage. Like, yep. he's the most intimidating one. Like, when you walk into a room and you're 5'6", and all of your bodyguards are 6'2", but you're the only one fucking people up, yeah. you're a badass. Yep. And he walks in, and, like, these guys are, they've got them trapped inside of this chest as punishment, I don't know, I guess. So then you see this big bouncer, who's actually, that's actually big guy. Big guy. Um, you see him open the chest up, and before, as he walks up to it, you hear beatboxing, because they're killing time while being prisoners by beatboxing and rapping. So they open up this chest, and they pulls him out. They walk up to um, uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Uh, he then, uh, they start complaining. They're saying, listen, you know, it wasn't our fault. They're trying to explain what happened, like why the, they got robbed. And his first thing is, well, let's hear some of your music. Yeah. And they're like, what? He's like, let me hear your music. So then the one guy starts beatboxing, and then the camera, Steve McQueen's direction, camera slowly spins around the three of them as three of them as they're standing there rapping. And the more that camera spins, the more tension is just building up, yep. and you're just like, oh, what the. And is Daniel he do? is like, he is in, his in the face. guy's face, and it's funny because you would think that I've never seen somebody be so intimidating from such a low angle. Yeah. Because normally you have to you look down on someone, and then someone feels small. But to be intimidating while looking up two feet at somebody. He's such a good actor. And man. he's just staring daggers in this kid as he's rapping, and the other guy's beatboxing. And then he takes a step back and shoots him in the head. Yep. <laughs> and then he tells the other guy to run and shoots that guy in the back. <laughs> and that's just a great introduction to who that character is. Yeah, he's... You get a hint at it when he's uh, when Colin Farrell's having that meeting and he's yep. staring at redhead paperweight. <laughs> redhead paperweight. <laughs> and you look at him, and you're like, oh well, he's clearly that guy's a badass. There's something going on, and then you really see he is a real piece of work. Well, the most disturbing part about that scene to me was the fact that uh, when they walk into the room, they pan to him and he's casually reading a book and he puts the bookmark yeah. down, goes and takes care of business, so and then comes back and then returns to the book. And that same theme happened multiple times when he was listening to, uh, you know, a, a podcast yeah. in in the car. Yeah, his his mind know. is always somewhere else. Like yeah. it's the it's the violence is he's so desensitized to the violence that he's just doing his daily mundane things while also killing people. <laughs> yep. Like when he's stabbing that guy with the ice pick. Was it an ice pick or a knife? Hell yeah, it was an ice pick. It was either an ice pick or a letter opener. 
Oh, I think it was, yeah. It was an, I think it was an ice pick. <laughs> ice pick. So he's just stabbing the guy in the wheelchair with an ice pick. And the best part is he's poking the guy's legs with Dude, the ice pick. Dude, that, I fucking, <laughs> I wanted to kill him what? so mad, so There's badly. a character who knows some information about Viola Davis, and then Daniel Kaluuya finds him, and the guy is paralyzed from the waist down, so he's in yeah. a wheelchair. And so he's at a bowling alley, and he stabs him in the back with an ice pick to get some information out of him. Then the guy starts swinging on him, and so Daniel knocks him out of his wheelchair. And then, as he's trying to crawl away, he's just stabbing him in his legs, yep. which obviously the guy can't feel. So like he's just taking pleasure in this thing that doesn't even cause pain. He's yeah. just he's just a creep. He's just trying to be a fucking asshole. He's such a sociopath. And man. Uh, 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 what was I going to say? The um, uh, you know what? Forget it. Forgot. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> he's just gonna I had it, it and I lost it. But um, Alice is another character that was a standout, a huge standout. Uh, it was played by Elizabeth Debicki, and she was, at first you think she's just like a dumb victim, because she's John Barenthal's wife, and John Barenthal is shown to be an abusive husband. Um, she even gets abused by her mom at yeah, one point. Yeah, her mom hits her. Yeah, and so you think, oh, she's this meek, weak character, and she really grows throughout the movie. Like, she becomes oh, yeah. the strongest character in the movie by the Everyone's end of it. Everyone's so, like, grabby and handsy with her yeah and it's like very uncomfortable but you know that happens all the time yeah and it, it might be because she is frail she's very slight she's skinny she's tall yeah um so i mean people probably think of her as vulnerable and she gives off the vibe of being vulnerable at least yeah. until the second half of the film and like even the guy that she has like a love interest with is still kind of manhandly with her. oh he's married for sure yeah oh definitely there's no way he's not yeah the pivotal point for me with her character arc or whatever was when uh, she was in Buying the Guns mm -hmm. and she went in and manipulated that lady. Yeah, story. that was a great scene, yeah. yeah. She yeah. went in, she was tasked with buying the guns for the group, and this is the first time you see her really be strong. She goes in this, oh, and the best line, too, is when Viola Davis tells her, she says, you need to get three Glocks with a lot of ammo. Where am I supposed to get three guns? This is America, honey. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But, um, yeah, so then she... Uh, she goes to this gun show, this trade show, to try and buy a gun. Obviously, she doesn't want the guns to be traced back to her. So she goes to this great, she walks up to this um, Midwestern looking woman and she just puts on a hardcore Polish accent, says she's a Russian mail order bride. She wants to get away from her mail order husband. She needs to buy guns to kill him or to protect herself. And the woman is just like, yeah, I'll buy these guns. Now, like, see, I think the best line came from her daughter when she said, mom, remember <laughs> you always say a gun is a girl's best friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great commentary on American culture. Like, that movie is just, it's great commentary on it culture. Is. Like how is it action? Like this is, let me pitch this movie to you. Four women whose husbands all die in a heist uh, decide to repay a debt owed by pulling off a heist of their own. Do you hear like political commentary, social commentary? Like, do you hear any of that? Like commentary about the I way women are treated? I don't until you said it in Chicago. <laughs> like, it's set in Chicago. Now it's got to incorporate all that. Oh yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's just uh, Steve McQueen's using using what could be a popcorn flick to push a real message. Like, yes. that, the movie is just oh my god, it's really good. Garrett, say some stuff. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else that I, I thought of during the movie. The um, the explosion of the van mm -hmm. at, at the beginning is well, it was, uh, crazy. It was, it was it's, suspicious, wasn't it? Yeah, it is suspicious. And now, uh, later, as the movie goes on, you... Okay, so uh, Viola Davis has a dog that she brings with her everywhere she goes. Which Great dog. is hilarious. Adorable dog. Very cute dog. Uh, the dog's name is Olivia. Yeah. Um, and the dog... Uh, so she... So, Okay, so there's four widows, obviously, but one of the widows is left out of the whole deal. Mm -hmm. And it turns out through um, time as the movie goes on, that woman that was left out of the deal is actually having an affair with Liam Neeson, and he is still alive. 
So then... What a twist! The dog uh, starts barking at the door, and then... Because Viola Davis is over the widow's house. Yeah, she stops She's, over there to try and... The to get her as the driver, I think, mm-hmm. right? So she goes over there, and then um, the dog starts barking, and then... You've only heard that dog barking earlier because uh, it sensed the smell of... His jacket. His jacket. Yeah. So then you hear it barking again, and my first thought was like, oh my god, he's still fucking alive? What the fuck? That was my first thought. And then she walks closer, and then you see the flask, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, he's still alive. Also, I love that she didn't open that door. She didn't open the door. I love that. It's the best because you get to have two reveals. Yeah. You get to have two reveals in this movie. Because then she doesn't open the door, and so you're, you're left to be like, well, maybe he's not alive. And then, and then the lady opens it, and, and then, then you're, you're like, like oh, what the fuck? fuck? Yeah, that's one of those sit up 40, like you're slouching old movie, and you're like, <gasps> Dude, that happened to me seven times, I think. Yeah, I came twice. Um, so if you're still listening to the podcast and you haven't seen the movie, you just. The whole thing's spoiled for you guys yeah, now. Yeah, the whole movie. Um, but yeah, that was just, I mean, that was just, we actually fit this into a reasonable time. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I think I got it. Also, I just want to talk about the directing one more time. That's another um, scene where it's just great direction, but yeah. Also, I want to talk about uh, this. Might be a credit to the cinematographer, and not specifically to Steve McQueen. But um, I love the conscious choice to use so many steady shots. Yes. I'm talking about stationary cameras, not no shaky cam. Yep. A lot of tracking shots. You can see the action, and I think it's so much more effective to convey drama when it's a steady shot. Yeah. Like, things are so impactful. Like that Reverend, when he first showed him giving a speech, and it was just a tight shot on his face giving a speech for about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, like, you really get sucked into the intensity of that speech, which I don't think you would have gotten if the camera was shaking, well, if it I, was moving. I'll be honest. I didn't hear a single word he said because the guy in front of me that I that I think works here, I don't know, was, oh, like, yeah, talking that, to yeah. a lady about cool. her friend that was feeling sick. Yeah. And then she didn't leave to see her friend. Well, like the guy care. just took the purse. Yeah, there was a woman. It's like, wait, what is there, happening? There were two right old now? women in our front, in front of us, and one of them got up and left. And then a, a worker from this, from here, Celebration Cinema, uh, came in and said, oh, "Your friend is feeling ill. She's leaving. Uh, is this all of her stuff?" And then takes all of the woman's stuff and then leaves. And the friend. I'm putting friends in quotes. The friend yeah. didn't get up to check on her, didn't make sure that guy actually works here. Yeah, <laughs> like, just kind of like, was, all right, whatever. She's like, all right, take her shit, I don't care. Which was it's like crazy. the third weirdest audience thing that happened. Oh, we yeah. had a very weird audience. Uh, that was weird. the first time we've got, we've been in a theater with so many older people. So maybe that maybe they're just like, I'm entitled, don't get off your phone. Like yeah. there was a guy, <laughs> that was a guy that screamed that. There was a guy, a kid down in the front, which we didn't see until the guy said something. I didn't know the kid was on his phone. Yeah, I didn't. And like there's a kid in the front row down on his phone. You could see the light, I guess. And this old man is just, get off your phone! It was so <laughs> like, loud. It took me out of the movie for a good 45 seconds. I was seconds. like, what is happening in here? Is somebody about to get shot? Is this one of those shot things? Like, it's so weird. It's uh, not Florida. Oh, Florida, man. Uh, someone got shot in the hospital in Chicago. Four people got shot in the hospital someone, in Chicago. Someone got shot in, uh, oh, I read another one about it, too. It happened what time last is it? night. Somebody got shot in Chicago right now. Right? Yeah. Uh, five. <laughs> four. Actually, someone just got shot. If you live in Chicago, sorry. <laughs> South Side mostly. But, yeah, South uh, pretty no, bad. someone else got shot in. Uh, there was a shooting in Colorado. It wasn't Colorado. It was some other state. It was one of the fifty states. Oh, and it wasn't it Hawaii, and it wasn't uh, Alaska. So one of the continental. And it wasn't 49, here, 48. and it wasn't Illinois because Chicago. So it already happened. So it happened somewhere, but you state. don't know where it is. Yeah, I can't remember. Got it. I read about it though. All right, Garrett, let's wrap this baby up. Uh, what are you going to give this? I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. Um, 
uh, van explosions. <laughs> All right. Nine van explosions out of ten. All right, I'm going to give this movie a... I'm sticking with the 9.5. I think this movie was almost a masterpiece. I mean, the, when I think about it that way, there's nothing that I would change about it. Like, are there any negatives? There we go. Before you give your rating. Oh, yeah. Ma- I, okay. I have nothing negative. I'm going to go point. back. Before I give my rating, no okay. negatives. I have nothing negative to say about this film. It's a 10, right? Yeah, this movie's a perfect, it's it's a perfect a film. This is a 10. 10 out of 10. Is this the second 10 we've given? What was the other 10? Um, Black Klansman, I think I gave a 10, too. Oh. No, that I didn't. I don't think I gave that one a 10. What was the other one we saw? Oh, Sorry to Bother You. That's oh, yeah, 10. Sorry to Bother You was a 10, yeah. That's a 10. Uh, it was also one of the uh, four movies that we, we invited you not listen to before yes. seeing. Yes. Yeah. Also, still, if you haven't seen uh, Sorry to Bother You, Go see that movie, guys. It's really good. It's a really good one. But um, yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm, I'm giving it a ten. This movie, it's perfect. It was a perfect film. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with this movie. Amazing direction, amazing cast, amazing acting, amazing twists, amazing story. Ten I, dead Robert Duvalls out of ten. That's what I give it. We're gonna give it. I'm gonna give it ten redheaded paperweights. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. That's the. Aaron, way. what do you give it? Well, this is definitely the best movie I've ever seen with you guys. So. Oh, oh yeah. the first one. <laughs> yeah. So I'd give it 10 uh, corrupt Chicago politicians. Ooh. Oh, there's way more than 10 of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Garrett, where are you at this weekend? Um, it, Thursday is Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. Hey, yeah, if you're not Native American, happy Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> they can still be thankful for something. They're not. They don't celebrate it. My daughter is half Native American. Her family fucking hates it. Or my, my daughter's mom's side of the family. Okay, well, thanks for making it awkward. <laughs> they really don't like that day. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I hate it. It's like we have Christmas right around the fucking corner. So I like eating. Stupid. Yeah, I do too, but I have a ton of leftovers in my fridge, and I hate that I can't... All right, anyway. Um, Friday and Saturday, I'll be at Dr. Green's Comedy Club. So 8 o'clock, 10.30 on Friday, 5.30, 8 o'clock, 10.30 on Saturday. So come on down if you're in Grand Rapids, everybody. And you can find me co-headlining Sweetwater Entertainment in Grand Blank Friday and Saturday nights. Ooh, who are you working with? Mike Jeter. Yay! Pew, 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 Give it up for pew, Mike Jeter. Give it up for Mike. He just recorded an album called something. It's not available yet, but it's That's an so album. Super cool. It'll be good. And I've actually got a fun event coming up on Monday. I will be at the Garage Bar Comedy Show. Oh, yeah, the Garage Bar Comedy Show here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. tell us about that open mic. Who runs that? Oh, the Garage Bar Comedy Show? I'm glad you asked. Uh, That's run by uh, me, Mike Logan. Um, And starting next week, actually, we'll be adding a second Garage Bar show called the People's Comedy Show at the Garage Bar Wyoming at 36th and Division. Very exciting. So, yeah, come on out to that show. That show will be a different format than the Monday Night Show. This one is four out-of-town comedians and four locals. Um... With the out-of-town comedians getting longer uh, spots. Coolio. And hopefully... Ooh, I just got a message about the roast battle for Laugh Fest. I'm just getting all the messages today. Oh. Um, And then next week, hopefully by next week, we will have a very, very special announcement. Yes. Very Very special special. announcement. Um, There's some things percolating, and we're so excited to let you guys know about it. Um, But we're going to have to wait till next week for that. Um, So until then, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on... Twitter at, at tbbgpodcast.com. Yep. Why do I always say .com? I don't know at why you TBBG do that. Podcast. And I agreed That's with it. you. Um, our fan page, like us, subscribe, download, rate, all that good stuff. Just guys. please do it because then more and more people listen to it, and then it really helps us with spreading the word. And then and we I love can, spreading. And I can quit my job at Jimmy John's. Yeah, we don't, we don't want Garrett to work at Jimmy John's anymore, I guys. can't do it, you guys. I have to go in tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm already dreading it. Now, I realize that people are like, well, I have a day job, and I work every day a week. I get it. 
but uh, to keep doing the things that I want to do for you guys, the people listening to this, uh, like editing the thing, I can't keep doing a day job. I want to kill myself. <laughs> I think myself. it's a Jerry Lewis telethon right now. <laughs> it really is. And I have autism. And uh, all right. I do. <laughs> he has autism. Um, I'm Mike Logan. I'm Garrett Elzinga. And, and that, that was amazing. amazing. Perfect. Yeah, we did it. Another one in the back.